Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. I do want to encourage you, pick up your copy of Slime Incorporated. It's my first detective novel. It tells the story of private investigator Cole Eustick as he tries to solve a murder set against the backdrop of the Idaho gubernatorial election. It's a story of crime and dirty politics. It's available as a paperback, uh, an ebook, or an audiobook through audible.com or the iTunes store. That's Slime Incorporated, and you can find all my books, audiobooks, and ebooks at store.greatdetectives.net. Well, now it's time for today's episode of Mystery is My Hobby, and the title is Henry Lawrence Murdered. Mystery is my hobby. For several weeks, Henry Lawrence, retired millionaire, had been receiving letters threatening his life. Investigation by the police had failed to reveal the identity of the person sending them. On May 6th, I received a frantic telephone call from a man who refused to give his name, telling me that Lawrence had been found murdered, and asking me to come to the ancestral home located in the town of Templar. Yes? I'm Barton Drake. I just learned that Mr. Lance's sudden death. Drake, sir? Yes, I'm private investigator. Oh, yes, sir. Uh, You are the criminologist, a friend of Inspector Danton. Uh, Come in, sir. I'm Hubert, Mr. Lawrence's butler. Thank you, Hubert. I presume that Inspector Danton got in touch with you immediately after I called him, sir. Well, I uh, don't think the inspector will be surprised to find me here. Yes, sir. I suppose you'd like to view the body at once. Uh, It's in the garage. Inspector Danton is out there. Oh, he is, is he? Well, let's not disturb him. You say that Mr. Lawrence's body was found in the garage? Yes, sir. Early this morning, he was lying on the floor. His face was directly beneath the exhaust pipe of the car. The motor was running. He was quite dead, sir. What makes you think he was murdered? Well, sir, of course, I couldn't be sure. But there was a threatening letter... Possibly you recall... Yes, I remember. About a month ago, wasn't it? Mr. Lawrence thought it came from a man named Philip Blanding, an old employee of his. Yes, sir. Years ago, Blanding served as Mr. Lawrence's chauffeur. Hmm. A sum of money disappeared from Mr. Lawrence's study, and Blanding was identified as the criminal. As I recall, Lawrence had Blanding arrested and sent up for a term in San Quentin. Yes, sir. The California laws are strict. And Mr. Lawrence wanted to make an example of landing to the other servants. Yourself included. I did not enter Mr. Lawrence's employ until he moved here to New York after the Blanding episode. I see. I'm sorry, Hubert. Recently, Blanding's time in San Quentin was up, and a week later, Lawrence received a threatening note, unsigned. It gave him a scare, and he ordered a police guard thrown around the house. But nothing happened. Until last night, sir. Exactly what did happen last night. 
Uh, recently, Mr. Lawrence has formed the habit of staying out quite late, sir, and returning home in a, a, a rather intoxicated state. About three o'clock this morning, I... Just a moment, Mr. Lawrence. I'll be right with you. I'll be right with you. Uh, sorry, Mr. Lawrence. I was upstairs. <laughs> what do you want? What do I want? No, ain't that something. He asked me what I want. One side, Pop. One side. Uh, look here. You can't force your way in here. Oh, I can't, huh? Well, I am in. See, Pop? <laughs> See? Quite a junk. Well, I guess the old boy's good for it. Good for what? What in the world are you talking about? <laughs> Listen to him. What am I talking about, he wants to know? Oh, Pop, you're a cat. Now, see here. If you don't leave at once... Leave, sir. Look, Pop, I'm leaving when I get me fair or not until you, understand? Fair? Oh, then you're a cab driver. Where's Mr. Lawrence? Now, you're catching on, Pop. Where's Mr. Lawrence? That's what I want to know. But I, I don't understand. Didn't you bring him home in your cab? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, look, Pop, I'll make it as simple as I can, see... I brought him home. He was high as a kite, so I helped him up to the door. He gets out a key, and I open the door for him. Then I ask him for my prayer. So he says he's fresh out of dough, and I wait on the porch till he goes inside and gets some. So I wait. Let's hope up. This is most unusual. How long have you been waiting? Oh, here far, maybe. Didn't bother me none, except that it gets kind of cold outside this time of night. I figured that the old boy might have dropped off to sleep or something, so I rings the bell. I see. Uh, well, I'll go upstairs to Mr. Lawrence's room and ask him for your uh, uh, fare. How much is it? Three dollars and ten cents. But it's not counting the tip. Mm. Uh, uh, wait here. Well, Mr. Drake, you can imagine my concern when I discovered that Mr. Lawrence was not in his room and that his bed had not been slept in. Yes, I can. What did you do about the cabbie? I sent him away with the promise that if he returned in the morning, Mr. Lawrence would pay him generously for the inconvenience he'd been caused. And then? Uh, we, uh, Miss Valerie and I, began a search Miss of... Miss Valerie? Yes, sir. Mr. Lawrence's adopted daughter. Oh. She's been awakened by the noise and came downstairs. We searched the house, thinking, of course, that Mr. Lawrence had wandered into some other room and dropped off to sleep. But you didn't find him? Not until 8.30 this morning, sir, when Miss Valerie went out to the garage to get her car and found him. I see. You called a doctor, of course. Uh, why, uh, no, sir, we didn't. What? He was dead, sir. There was a large lump on the back of Mr. Lawrence's head and the threatening note. You should have called a doctor, Hubert. Inspector Danton won't like that. I'm sorry, sir. It probably won't matter. Danton will take care of it. Suppose I go out to the garage and have a look. Very good, sir. This way, sir. Hello, Inspector. Drake. How did you... Surprised to see me, Inspector? I ought to be used to it by now. <laughs> you know, Drake, I've often wondered how it is you always turn up when there's an important crime. Ah, that's a professional secret, Inspector. Well, I see we have a corpse to consider. Yeah, by the way, you talked to anyone? Yes, a butler. I spent about a half hour with him. Well, um, you've been wasting your time. Hmm? I suppose he gave you a cock and bull story about uh, mysterious letters and shadowy figures slinking about the ground? <laughs> well, it wasn't quite as bad as that, but... 
Why am I wasting my time? Because this isn't any murder at all. It's accidental death. But maybe sometime you'll learn that the old inspector's ways are best. Examine the corpse first, ask questions afterwards. But the lump on the back of Lance's head. Yeah. I, I don't suppose you can blame the butler for getting excited. Look, Bart. You see that puddle of grease on the floor? Mm, yes. There's a swath cut through the middle of it about four inches wide. Yeah, four inches. Just about as wide as a man's shoe, isn't it? I see what you mean, Inspector. Yeah. Lawrence slipped in the puddle. Yes, there's grease on his shoe to prove it. That's it. He come out to get his car, see? Started the motor, then walked around back to open the garage door. And slipped on the grease. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He cracked his head on the cement floor, went out like a light. Carbon monoxide fumes from the exhaust pipe asphyxiated him. Simple as ABC. Amazing, Inspector. You don't mind if I... Take a look at the body. Sure, sure. Help yourself. Yeah, poor old chap. Got a nasty crack. Inspector. Huh? What's the matter? What are you picking up Lawrence's arm for? Well, Inspector, you should know. See? Stiff as a board. Rigor mortis, right? Well? Nothing, Inspector, except that rigor mortis never sets in when the victim has died of carbon monoxide fumes. Jumping Judas, that's right. What's more, Inspector? It's evident that Lawrence did not die after he had received this blow on his head. A blow administered after death does not raise a bump. Well, I'm a monkey's grandfather. Of course, naturally, you knew all that, Inspector, because I was very careful to explain those things in my last book. All right, all right. <laughs> so we got a murder on our hands. I suppose you're going to tell me how he was murdered and who murdered him. No, I'm afraid that won't be so easy, Inspector. But suppose we go back to the house and have a talk with Valerie Lawrence. Let's go this way. Yeah. Uh, she's the old man's adopted daughter, isn't she? The one who'll get all the dough? Yes, it was Valerie who discovered Lawrence's body. I remember reading how the old man wouldn't let her have any boyfriend. What is it, Inspector? There's someone watching us from behind that shrubbery. By Jove, you're right. Look out! Why, the dirty... Come on, he's getting away! This way! Right with you. Hey, you! All right, Inspector. I've got him. Keep your hands off me. Hold on, boss. I want to get a look. Uh, punk kid. You can't arrest me. I didn't do it. Didn't do what? Kill Henry Lawrence. That's what you're here for, isn't it? You're cops, aren't you? Well, yes. Now that you mention it, we are cops. Now, suppose I ask a few questions. How did you know that Henry Lawrence was murdered? That's it. I think you got me cornered. That's a laugh. Why, you... What's your name, son? Conrad, if it's any of your business. I thought so. Neil Conrad, Valerie Lance's boyfriend. So what if I am? That doesn't make me a murderer. No, but it does give you a motive. Valerie will inherit her stepfather's fortune and you will... Why, you... Take it easy, bub. You're in a spot. Uh, Taking pot shots at people from behind shrubbery. You're crazy. It wasn't I who shot at you. Well, now, think of that. It wasn't him who shot at us. Okay, if it was me, where's the gun? Where's the... Huh? Yes, he's got something there, Inspector. We'll have to find the gun. That's just a stall. The gun's around here in the bushes somewhere. It's got to be... Hang on to him, Bart. I'll find the gun. Okay, Bob, inside. Quit shutting me. What's happened? That's all right, Val. I was walking along the path behind the garage and someone took a shot at me. Oh, so someone took a shot at you. That's what I've been trying to tell you, only you wouldn't listen. You didn't find the gun, did you? Look, son. No, we didn't find the gun, but that doesn't mean we won't find it. But 
Get hold of the butler and send him out to look for that gun, will you? Glad to, Inspector. Well, I- I'm sure it wasn't Neil who shot at you, Inspector. Why, Neil would Look, think... miss, maybe he didn't. I don't know. All I know is that he ran like a deer when we came after him. If he's so innocent, why did he do that? That's what we're here for, to find out about these things. <laughs> That's all I can tell you, gentlemen. Early in the evening, a thunder shower came up. The lights went out, so I went to bed about nine o'clock. Read by candlelight until midnight. And then I went to sleep. Next I knew, I heard voices and went downstairs. Hubert explained what had happened, and we searched the house. Have you any idea why your father had taken to drinking so heavily lately, Miss Lawrence? Because I... Well, I... I think it was because of Neil and me. Oh, I refused to stop seeing him. You see, I was my father's only living relative, and when I told him that I was going to marry Neil, he he flew into a rage. Why didn't he want you to marry Conrad? Well, I... I think it was because he was lonesome and selfish, maybe. He couldn't bear the thought of being left alone. He forbade me ever to see Neil again. But you insisted that you were going through with your plans to marry him. Yes, I did. Neil and I met secretly... Once someone told Father that we'd been together and Father raved at me and he struck me. Oh, there, there, honey. It's all right. Listen, you guys, how about laying off? This poor kid's been through a lot. Very noble of you, bub. But, uh, by the way, where were you last night when all this was taking place? I was home in bed. We can check that easy enough. Miss Lawrence, is it true that you were sole heir to your father's estate? Well, yes, of course. Listen, do you think that Val and I had anything to do with this? Take it easy, bub. Your girlfriend hasn't been accused of anything yet. I think it's awful that you even think that. Well, stop! Jumping Judas, our hunting season's over. Valley, all right? I think so. Come on, Bob. He can't get far. Right with you, Inspector. He must have cut through those bushes over there. There's someone now. Yeah, a little more speed, Bob. Hey, hey, you! What? It's Hubert, the doctor. With a gun in his hand, too. This is perfect. All right, Hubert. Hand over the gun. Yes, uh, uh, yes, sir. Is anything wrong, sir? Oh, no, not a thing. Except that I'm getting tired of having guys taking pot shots at me. Pot shots, sir? I, I don't believe I understand. I bet you don't. Of course, it wasn't you who just shot at us through the window. Why, no, sir, it wasn't. No? Then what are you doing standing here with a gun in your hand? I, I just found it, sir. Mr. Drake Did you hear me. a shot, Hubert? Why, I... I really don't know, sir. Now, there's one for the book. And you didn't see anyone? No, sir. I was hunting around the bushes and That I... does it. The guy's either lying or putting on an act in either case. Just a minute, Inspector. Well? There were two shots fired, three if we count that one that came from behind the shrubbery. Suppose you take a look at that gun, Inspector. Sure, that'll tell the story. Well, for crying out loud. One shot fired, Inspector. I think we've missed the boat again. Our murderer is still at large. Hello, what? Remember me? What? Why, the cab driver. What are you doing here? Now, we ain't got to go through all that again, have we, Pop? How did you get in this house? What are you doing in this room? Yeah, I walked in, Pop, just like that. There wasn't nobody around, so I began hunting for you. Get out! Get out before Oh, I... sure, sure, Pop, right away. Just as soon as I... 
Hey, what's eating you? Is there something wrong, Fox? You act like you got the jitters. There's nothing wrong with me. Nothing at all. Okay, okay. You don't have to get sore about it. I... That's quite a bunch of dough you got there, Pop. That's none of your business. Now see yeah, here. Yeah, it's quite a bunch of dough. Come out of that wall safe, didn't it? This is not my money. It belongs to Mr. Lawrence. Is so? Now, ain't that nice? Then I won't have to worry, will I? With all that dough around, my three ton is in the bank. If that's all you want, I'll pay you myself. No, 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 it's a fast pop. Let's talk this over. Keep away from me. Sure, Pop. Don't get excited. I was just thinking, if I got hold of old man Lawrence and told him about... You can't. Mr. Lawrence is dead. Mr. Lawrence? What? He was murdered last night. Murdered? Give us. Why didn't you say so? What's that? Somebody coming. I think if we take a look in here, but... Hey, what goes on? Let me out of here. Uh, just a minute, chum. Who are you? Uh, nobody. Nobody, see? Let me out of here. He's the cab driver, sir. He came for his fare. Yeah, the fare. That's all. That's all honest. Well, what's he in such a hurry for? I just told him that Mr. Lawrence had been murdered, sir. I didn't have nothing to do with it. Then you won't mind answering a few questions. I ain't getting mixed up in no murder, see? That's too bad, Inspector. You'll have to arrest him as a material witness. No, you can't arrest me. I'll lose my job. Oh, listen, let me go, will you? I only come back under my three bucks. Was that all you came back for? Yeah, yeah. I drove him out all the way in town. That's what the meter registered. Three ten. Now, let me get out of here. Huh? Just a minute. What's your name? Joe. Joe Humphreys. All right, Joe. Now, forget about being arrested. We just want to ask you a few questions. How long did you wait on the porch last night after helping Mr. Lawrence into the house? But that's funny. Were you on the porch all the time? Yeah, yeah. Well, all except for about five minutes. There was an outside water spigot near this step, so I get a bucket of water and dump some of my radiator. The radiator sprung a leak about a month ago when the bus told all me to All right, get... all right. So you got a bucket of water. Anything else? No, no, no. Then they took about five minutes. Then I come back to the porch and waited. See anyone around while you were waiting? No. You hear anything? No. <laughs> what are you looking so cozy about, Bob? Joe, how long have you lived in New York? All my life. I was born here. Inspector, I think there's more here than meets the eye. Hubert, would you mind showing me those papers you dropped behind that pile of books when the inspector and I came into the room? Why, I... It's no use, Hubert. You can't hide them. I wasn't trying to hide them, sir. No, I suppose not. Hmm, that's quite a lot of money. Well, what's this? Uh, uh, begging your pardon, sir. The last will and testament of Henry Lawrence. I was merely getting Mr. Lawrence's papers in order, sir. He would have wanted me yes, to. Yes, that was thoughtful of you, Hubert. But you're quite sure you weren't examining Mr. Lawrence's will to see if you'd been remembered. Oh, no, sir. You're quite sure that you didn't find out you weren't remembered and so decided to appropriate this money instead. No, sir. That's not true. I, I, I swear it isn't true, sir. I see. Inspector, I'm going to ask you to hold these two men here until I come back. I have a little chore to do. And then I think we'll know exactly who committed the murder. All right, Val and Neil. This is your last chance to tell the truth. How about it? Look, Drake, why don't you let us alone? We've told you everything we know. Please believe us, Mr. Miss Drake. Miss Lawrence, you're lying. I want to know why. Listen, Drake, I don't like the way you said that. That's too bad. I'm afraid under the circumstances, you'll just have to take it. Yeah? Well, maybe this will teach you. Oh, Neil! Oh, no. I'm sorry, Miss Lawrence, but your boyfriend should learn better manners. 
Why, you... Well, let's try it again, son. Now listen, you two. I have something to show you that should convince you that I know you've been lying. I'll give you one more chance to talk or it's jail. Oh, no. You can't scare us. You haven't got a thing. Neil, please. I think we'd better go with Mr. Drake. Why, he's just talking. He... Please, Neil. All right. But I'm not going to be tricked into saying anything. In here, please. But, but this is my room. What is this, Drake? Come along, I'll show you. Miss Lawrence, you said you read by candlelight last night. That candle on the bedside table... Is that the one you used to read well, by? Well, yes, it is. And you read from approximately 9 o'clock to midnight. Yes. Look, Drake, what kind of a game... That candle has been burned less than five minutes. Oh. If you had used it for three hours, as you insist, more than half of it would have been consumed. Why, why I know... I, so I... you see, I know you've been lying. Now, are you going to tell me the truth? I don't know what to say. I've been so frightened by kids. Okay, Drake, you win. Val was out with me last night. He's had to meet secretly ever since Mr. Lawrence forbade Val to see me anymore. But why in the world didn't you say so? Because early this morning, Val got one of those letters. Oh, very interesting. She was lying on her bedroom floor when she woke up. May I see the letter? I... I burned it. Oh, that's too bad. Do you remember what it said? Why, well, yes. It, it said if I saw anything last night to keep my mouth shut or I'd get the same thing Father got. The way I figure it, the man who murdered Mr. Lawrence thinks that we saw him doing it. Well... Did you? No. We didn't see anything, Mr. Drake. You must believe us. Yes, yes, I believe you. By the way, what time did you two get home? Oh, I'm not sure. It, it was rather late. We, you said we'd been to a dance. We, we knew Mr. Lawrence wouldn't be coming in until very late, so we stayed out as long as we could. I slipped in the back way, just in case Father should happen along. Did uh, Hubert know you were out? I'm not sure. I hadn't been in bed very long before I heard the front doorbell ring. Of course, I, I thought it was Father... I waited until Hubert came up and went down again. And then I got up to see what the trouble was. I see. Conrad, I suppose you went home immediately. Yes, I did. Surely, Mr. Drake, you don't think that... Whatever Neil I can... think, you've told me exactly what I wanted to hear, Miss Lawrence. Now I know who murdered your father. <laughs> guy he sent to San Quentin ten years ago? Exactly. Well, where's Blanding now? He's in this room, Inspector. Huh? Incognito, shall we say. It might interest you to know, Inspector, that I checked with San Quentin and learned that Blanding was released from jail two years ago. <gasps> two years ago? But it was only a month ago that Father received the first threatening note. Yes, first Blanding had to come east and establish himself in a job where he could carry out his plan for revenge. He wanted Mr. Lawrence to suffer as he had suffered during those years in jail. That's why he sent the note, sir. Yes, Blanding was very clever. He almost succeeded in committing the perfect crime. A pity he thought Miss Lawrence and young Conrad saw him 
when he was carrying Lawrence's dead body from his taxi cab to the garage. Okay, smart guy. Get your hands up. Follow me. Take it easy. Before you murder all five of us, Joe, wouldn't you like to know how I identified you as a criminal? What difference does it make? Sure, you got the goods on me. I killed Lawrence. I'm glad I did. He was a rat. He deserved what he got. You know how much money I stole from him? Ten bucks. Ten lousy bucks. And for that, he railroads me to the camp for ten years. Whether or not your crime was justified, Joe, is beside the point. <laughs> you know, it was very clever of you to tell Hubert that Mr. Lawrence had gone upstairs for some money. Your cab was out front. While you carried Lawrence's dead body to the garage and arranged things to make death look accidental. However, if anything went wrong... You had Hubert to vouch for you that the cab was at the curb. Okay, bright boy. So what does all this smart detective work get you? I'll show you what it gets you. Not with that gun, you won't, Joe. I took the trouble to remove the bullets from that... Get, get, out, out, of get out of here. That'll fix him. Nice work, Inspector. Yeah, nice work. I thought you said the gun wasn't loaded. I had to say something, and after all, you did have a grip on that vein. <laughs> well, how did you know? Know what? That Joe was a murderer. Oh, yes, of course. I almost forgot. Well, it was that word he used. Spigot. Remember, Joe said he filled the bucket from an outside spigot. Now, I asked him how long he'd lived in New York. People who live in New York all their lives, Inspector, never call a water faucet a spigot. Spigot is strictly a Western term. You see, Inspector, one has to know all about those things when mystery is one's hobby. Welcome back. I continue to like how the show doesn't uh, insult our intelligence with some of the things like, uh, you know, actually emptying the guy's gun while he wasn't looking. I mean, there have been other radio programs that have tried that. And, you know, it's kind of believable if you're talking about somebody like the Shadow who has like these strange mental powers. Uh, but, yeah, Barton Drake, um, is, is able to unload a gun. That does strain credibility if you start to think about it. The clue about Spigot versus Fawcett, I do wonder how much that actually applies, uh, today. If, uh, you lived out on the East Coast all your life, you might be able to tell me. I've only been there fleetingly, so I would not know. I do suspect these sort of verbal cues are far harder to believe today just because you have so many uh, people moving around, so many migration between places. Certainly that's the case with so many uh, areas out west. I live in Idaho where more than half the population was born out of state. I imagine that over the years, a lot of people have come from spigot country, and a lot of people have come from faucet country. And after a generation or two, I think it might be a little hard to tell the difference. And of course, there's just the consumption of mass media everywhere, allowing phrases and... Uh, sayings to travel across the country and around the world, like sometimes I'll say something is rubbish, or that use even rubbish as an adjective. 
In an old-time radio drama, the detective would go, Aha! You're really British! And you're just pretending to be an American. That's what's with the strange accent. You're just a very weird British person. But of course, in the 21st century, rubbish is a, it's a, uh, and the, the way it is used is something I've picked up from watching maybe a little too much British television. Is there such a thing? Well, there can be, depending on what you're watching, but you know what I'm saying. It's the way that a lot of people will just take language from here and there. One thing that can be, uh, I think, still true, I remember an episode of Let George Do It, where George Valentine solved the case based on the way that an address was written. And I think that some things like the way address and dates are used can be a tell for nationality. But I think it's a lot harder to use phrases or particular words as uh, evidence of anything given both the role of migration and uh, media, particularly when you're dealing with uh, Americans. Well, now we turn to uh, listener comments and feedback and uh, have this email from Ken, who writes, uh, Adam, thank you for your wonderful show. I found you accidentally when looking for Nero Wolf several years ago. Since then, I've been hooked. I couldn't help but notice the similarities in the unusual manner of death from Mystery is My Hobby, Radio Comedian Duel, and Nero Wolf and Be a Villain. In both, the person uh, was killed while drinking a poison drink on live radio. In both cases, the intended victim uh, was the star of the popular radio show. And Be a Villain was a bestseller in the fall of 1948 in the USA, Canada, and the United Kingdom. I don't know the date of Radio Comedian Duel. Uh, Rex Stout was not a mystery radio listener. He was especially avoided listening to the Nero Wolf series, so I suspect Stout didn't copy the idea, but the similarities are interesting. Uh, well, Ken, thanks so much uh, for, the, for the comment. Um, I, I think that uh, it would be very unlikely... Uh, Mystery is My Hobby is a series I don't put dates on uh, because we just honestly don't know. I mean, there are all kinds of sites that will put all sorts of dates on this show, but when I research it, uh, nobody quite knows for sure. Uh, and as I mentioned, you know, probably about a year ago now, uh, the series started out as Murder is My Hobby as the regular uh, network program, and then it went into first-run syndication as uh, Mystery is My Hobby, with uh, them doing some editing, uh, which uh, can sometimes explain when uh, the uh, Mystery is My Hobby kind of see, sounds a bit weird, because they were doing 1940s editing and splicing uh, on the recordings uh, to make that work for syndication. Uh, so we know the series started in 1945. We have no idea when it ended, how many episodes actually ran. Uh, we do know that there were 130 episodes syndicated, but in many cases, uh, we also know that they uh, repeated uh, some episodes. So they would take an episode that had been in a previous package, like episode 12, and they would also then go and resell it as episode 72. 
So how many original recordings were made, I don't have any idea. So it's one of those series that um, there's just not a ton of research on. But I, I would agree that Rex Stout probably did not, uh, uh, did not uh, steal it or was not inspired by Mystery is My Hobby. Uh, in fact, I think if anything inspired it, uh, it may have been something, I believe it was Maxwell House Coffee Time, uh, where they had a tradition where they would uh, drink, uh, you know, have a cup of coffee, and, you know, they would all gather around, have a cup of coffee, and th there would be this overpouring of this lovely uh, coffee. And... You know, he may have listened to that, and, you know, that stuck in the back of his head, and it's like, yeah, you know, let's go ahead and put a mystery in there. And, of course, I think with Nero Wolf, the plots were never, uh, to me, the things that made them work so well. Uh, what Rex Stout really excelled with was the way he created characters and the way that, you know, he, he would build little worlds oftentimes, you know, uh, where Archie was going to investigate, where you've got all of these, you know, very interesting uh, side characters, this whole social hierarchy uh, that uh, Archie and Wolf are going to have to deal with and find a way around. Uh, that actually, you know, really, uh, I think, makes it work. It's the characters, uh, more so than the mystery. I've, I've had some Nero Wolf books where I've reached the end, and I've been like, okay, that was not particular, that didn't make sense. But I had a lot of fun uh, with the book all the way through, so I'm walking away pretty happy. Ken write, also writes a P.S. How do you find time to do so much research for the show while holding down a regular day job. And uh, also, were you able to adopt as you were hoping? Okay, so I, I guess the first question there, uh, I will go ahead and say that if I have uh, any key to research, it's that I tend to do my research well in advance. Like, if I've got a series that, uh, you know, is going to require a lot of research, certainly a lot of them don't, and there's just not a whole lot to research. Like, there's not a depth of knowledge on under arrest. There's a few articles, there's a few entries in, the bo in books. Uh, same thing with Mystery is My Hobby. Uh, there's you know, just not a ton of, of resources. So I, I will check and see, you know, what's going on. But if I've got a series like, let's say, uh, Mr. Keen, Tracer of Lost Persons, uh, where there's a lot of information about it, I will tend to, you know, uh, dig into it several months uh, beforehand. You know, and when I've got time, because I don't want to, you know, say, okay, well, next week we're starting into the longest series on radio. Might be a good idea if I start doing some research on that. So if there's any secret, I guess that's it, is I try to start ridiculously in advance. Uh, as for the adoption, um, I will have 
um, hopefully, uh, something to discuss uh, within the next few months. Um, I'm hopeful, but I don't want to say anything at this point. But uh, like I said, uh, keep, uh, keep tuned and uh, uh, we will uh, hopefully have more to share at a later time. But thanks so much for the question, Ken. And I also want to go ahead and thank our Patreon supporter of the day. I want to thank Gretchen. Gretchen has been one of our Patreon supporters since September 2017, currently supporting us at the uh, shameless level of $4 or more per month. Thank you so much for your support. And uh, that will actually be all for today. Join us back here tomorrow for yours truly, Johnny Dollar. And then on Saturday, uh, we'll be getting into the Silent Men. And then uh, next Thursday, join us back here for another episode of Mystery is My Hobby. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives. And become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.